Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Well, hey, uh, I'm excited for today. Uh, we've been in a series called The Promise. If you've missed the last five weeks, six weeks, uh, to summarize, we've basically been talking about that the greatest gift that God gives us is himself. You catch that? That the promise is actually better than the promised land. Jesus said, I want to brag today. Jesus said, it's better that I go. If I don't go, I cannot send the promise. Third person of the Trinity. He's not the third because he's the third most important. He's the third because he is not the father. He is not the son. He is the spirit. And today, like the last five weeks, I'm going to do my very best to try to remove the yellow caution tape. Many Christians love God the Father. They love God the Son. They even, they, they, they worship God the Scriptures, but they're scared of the Holy Spirit. And I believe one of our mandates in Orange County is to show this region that you don't have to wear no makeup or too much makeup. Come on. Because when I saw Pentecostal churches growing up, I'm like, they either, wear, they either wear no makeup or they wear too much makeup. Some people that don't believe in the Holy Spirit, they're like, no, no, you can't wear makeup. You, g- girls, you have to wear dresses to the ground. Your, your hair has to be in a bun all the time. I call that bondage. All right? So we got good news today. What the Spirit of the Lord is, there is it's freedom. It's liberty, okay? You don't have to be in bondage the rest of your life. So, sorry, tough crowd. I'm going to do my best. Uh, people ask me often, they go, Mark, what kind of church is yours? Uh, first of all, I want to say that we love... Any church that preaches the Bible loves Jesus. Uh, There's a diversity of churches, as I mentioned. Different different types of churches to reach different types of people. Uh, Lord knows I wouldn't go to a boring church. And there's some people that wouldn't go to our church because we're too rowdy. Rob and I are shouting too loud, right? So that's fine. But I want to answer some questions because today, last week, we spoke about holy fruit. We talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this week, uh, we're going to talk about the holy gifts. These are not natural gifts. These aren't the gifts that you were born with. These are the gifts that the Holy Spirit loans us when we're under his authority. You guys ready to go? And I know many people, they're scared. They're like, I don't know about the Holy Spirit, those charismaniacs, those char- is this? I've heard people even ask me, they go, Mark, is this a charismatic church? And uh, my problem is, is there's cultural definitions of charismatics that really aren't who we are. There's mannerisms that don't describe us. What do you mean? Uh, I mean that we're not weird. Um, we're, not, we're not crazy. I don't believe that the Holy Spirit comes in you and on you and you lose control of your mind. He doesn't come on you and you grab the, the microphone at Walmart and start shouting in tongues. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit doesn't make you worse. He makes you. So... Uh, I have some issues, but if if people are asking, is this a charismatic church as it pertains to, do you believe in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit? My answer is absolutely yes. Do you believe, is this charismatic church in regards to, is it a church that celebrates and believes that the gifts of the Spirit are from God and they're for today? My answer is yes. I have a hard time believing in a victorious church that is not full of the Spirit of God. I think that's the number one cause of frustrated, discouraged Christians that get beat up by the devil long enough that they give in to doubt and the apostasy. And they start with Jesus and they end up with Judas because they deny the power that can lead them into the life of God. 
And many people have had a bad experience with with churches that are maybe spirit-filled or charismatic or whatever you want to call it, Pentecostal. And I want to do my very best because last time I checked, I'm I'm pretty normal. (laughs) That response doesn't really help out my confidence today. (laughs) To do my very best to let you know that you can be naturally spiritual and you can be spiritually natural. Does that make sense? So it's going to be a strong Sunday. If you like strong Sunday, say amen. I think Saturdays and Sundays should be strong. Because they're not weekdays. Okay? you get that one later. God bless you. I'll wait for you. All right. You guys ready to go? Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, a couple things I want to lay out is Corinthians was written to a church in Corinth. Corinth was much like Orange County. Two biggest idols of Corinth. It was a port city. It was a coastal city. It was uh, two greatest idols. A city that, that was wealthy. And it was a city that was uh, completely entrenched in sexual bondage. So the two biggest idols were money and sex. They had the temple of Aphrodite there. They, they, had, they did things that I can't even share on Sunday that would make Orange County look like, uh, like, a, holy, like a holy land. And so I want to tell you that this city is much like Orange County. And I don't think it's coincidental. I don't think it's accidental that there is more talk of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the functions of the Holy Spirit, and the motives of his power and his gifts talked about and defined to the city of Corinth than any other city in the Mediterranean world. Could it be that cities that have the most monetarily and have the greatest levels of temptation need the Spirit of God the most? I would say amen to that. Did you know that Orange County, one of the wealthiest parts of our nation, but guess what we're also known for? The number one highest rate of divorce. Most people get divorced here because we cannot control our morality. That we give in. We're used to having everything that we want monetarily and when it comes to materialism. So why could we not, why would we deprive ourselves sexually? And I'm telling you that this is the same slippery slope that Corinth fell into. And Paul says, I got a solution. You guys ready to go today? So I'm going to read this, but I do believe that, listen, many people are scared of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Many people are scared <clears throat> of the work of the Holy Spirit. And um, the truth is, <clears throat> in our day and age, we got to see a church that has boldness and decisiveness matched with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I think that the church that's full of the Spirit is, is mobilized in the way that becomes the hope of the world. I believe the church is the redemptive center of civilization. And uh, again, I, I want to do my very best to kind of demystify some of the lies about our beliefs in the Spirit of God. Are you with me today? People, uh, people are scared of the Holy Spirit, sometimes because there's people that are so wacky and so weird that we write off the, the gifts of God. Let me just tell you something. If, if the power of the Christian believer is being full of the Spirit of God, if I was the devil, you know what I would do? I would make as many people in the church as scared of the Holy Spirit as I could. Because if I could rob the people of the Spirit of God, I would rob the people of the power of God. Are you with me? And uh, so today, whether you're an atheist, you're in the right place, you're a believer. We have some really saved people in our church. You know, like overly saved Christians. The ones that only eat pizza that's been delivered. What I'm talking about. The ones that only have sheets on their bed because the Lord is their comforter. Listen, doesn't matter where you're at today. I believe that God can meet the skeptic and God can reach the disciple. You guys ready to go? 
We're going to read 11 verses out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul's writing. It says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, Orange County, come on, Corinth, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. What does Paul say? I don't want you to be what? Ignorant. Number one reason we're scared of the Holy Spirit is because of wrong teaching or no teaching. And I, I want to do my very best today to actually teach uh, accurately on this. He says that, you know that you, you, you Gentiles were carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led before. This is, this is all of our story. Before Jesus, we are all led by dumb idols, dumb habits, dumb culturally celebrated traditions that led us into bondage. He says, you were led by these things. However, he says this, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. No one can say that Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Watch what Paul says. There's a diversity of gifts, lots of gifts. Say with me, lots of gifts. But the same Spirit. There's a diversity of ministries, but the same Lord. There's a diversity of activities, but the same God who works all in all. Is there anybody that's in all? The Greek word for all is um, all. He works all in all. But the manifestation, and this is what I'm talking about today. I want to talk about the manifestation gifts. The Bible is, uh, is clear that there's different types of gifts in the Bible, in the New Testament. There's the motivational gifts. They're found in um, Romans 12. There's five of those gifts. You have the, uh, not just the motivational gifts. You have ministry, ministry gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. You actually have the ministerial gifts that are gifts from Jesus to the church, which is the fivefold ministry gifts in Ephesians 4. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. So there's different gifts, but today I want to I focus in on, I want to educate, inform, and do my best to maybe remove any of the caution tape that there are gifts, they're called manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. These gifts belong to the Spirit of God. No man owns them, but men can actually use them as the Spirit comes upon them. There's nine of those gifts. We're getting ready to read verse 7 on. These are the nine gifts, minist, uh, uh, manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready to go? He says, these are. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to the each one for the profit of all. Why does God give us gifts? For the And this in lies the biggest problem with people, I would even say in Orange County. You know what it says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 6? It says, be zealous for spiritual gifts. It says, so that you can edify the church. Most people in Orange County are passionate about spiritual gifts to edify their own ministry. But I want you to know that if your ministry gifts do not build the church, you're using them for the wrong reasons. It's going to get quiet in the Presbyterian church. We'll keep going, though. It's all right. It's all right. Watch what he says here. For, for one, to one is given... The word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, through, through who? The spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. To another, third gift, the gift of faith by the same spirit. To another, the gift of healings by the same spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. Uh-oh. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Watch what it says. Distributing to each one individually as he wills. First of all, notice that the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a he. Are you hearing me? He's a person. 
And he distributes. What does that mean? You only distribute what you own. So the gifts, the manifestational gifts of the Spirit of God belong to him. But they fill our lives. And when they fill our lives, guess what? Christianity gets exciting. Some of you are bored because you're like a big screen TV that's never been plugged in. And I'll tell you what, man. Big screen TVs are terrible furniture without power. We're going to get some power today. You guys ready to go? Let's pray today. Lord, we just love you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, would you illuminate the scriptures? I pray that the spirit of doubt would be evicted. I pray that dirty theology, I pray demonic theology. I even pray, Lord, that people that have taught us things that made us scared of what's in the Bible would be uprooted today. Would you build us up in the faith? Would you educate us and inform us that we'd be able to accurately divide the words of truth? I thank you that we honor you today in Oceans Church. We need you in Orange County. We invite you in California. And we're believing that America is going to be changed by you in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe that God can bless the Lakers, come on, say amen. amen. All right. Always lose. Just say amen anyways, all right? Amen. Should have left that out. Uh, you, know, you know what's kind of funny to me is uh, there's one group of people that I just I get a kick out of now that I'm getting older, and it's um, first-time parents. All the seasoned parents in here know, know where I'm going today. Uh, it's funny. I, I've been a first-time parent. I have two kids now. We've kept two kids alive. Come on, one for 14 years, one for seven years. Come on, winning. We're doing a great job. We're parents. We're parenting and uh, adulting. Is that what they say? And uh, I have, it's funny, I have a sister-in-law who has one baby. We were with in Idaho, cutest little guy. And then I have my, my wife's brother, he's got seven kids. And it's so funny to watch the difference between a mom and a dad that have seven children and a mom and a dad that have one kid. I'm always blown away, uh, I'm always blown away how parents are so interested in looking for their children's gifts. First-time parents crack me up. They always say things like, have you seen how much my son, he's so aware? First-time parents, they brag about the funniest stuff. Watch his eyes follow you. We say it as though he's playing like Beethoven on the piano. He's alive. Of course he's going to follow you. We say things like, look at Johnny. He's he can almost roll over now. Watch him in his jumper. He jumps so high. We put the little, you know, we firstborn child, you put him in. He starts hearing music, starts wiggling a little bit. Like, this kid's a prodigy. I know it. Like, literally, he, like, look out. He's, he's going to be, he's a big deal. It's funny how we're so quick as parents to look for our kids' gifts. We celebrate them, right? We celebrate the funniest things. First-time parents, they celebrate anything. They celebrate everything. Can we agree on that? You got seven kids. I don't know what's going on in this house. One kid, it's like, I'm watching everything. Like, well, last night they blinked four times less than usual. They might have a fever. We're taking them into the doctor. You got seven kids. Like, no one's dying. We're good. Forward. I was thinking about how there's different gifts, and uh, as parents, we're always interested. We always notice, especially from a young age, we're like, man, my kid walked at an early age. Man, she talked at an early age. Man, she's really good with math. Man, she, like my, 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 both my girls, they both have the comic timing. And my Chloe, she's so witty. Like, since she was so little, she just knows, she knows how to get you laughing. 
And once you feed her with a laugh, she's not stopping. And uh, she cracks me up. And, and it's funny how we notice the gifts in our children. We have gifted babies. We have gifted toddlers. We watch them grow up. We start watching our kids excel in sports. We see them excel in academics. We see them excel cognitively. We see them excel socially. Are you hearing me today? There's so many gifts. And it's interesting that in life, if we're not careful, the world will define your identity by your gifts. They will. We have our very own kids pastor wrote a powerful book about her testimony, but she talked about how her personality actually, uh, actually, her, yeah, her personality, the world tried to shape her with her sexuality. Because she was one way athletically, she must be one way sexually. And we live in a world that based upon your gifts, people will label your identity. And many people, they mistake. They go, man, I'm, I'm gifted at this, I'm gifted at that. And I do believe this, that gifts are given to us. And notice a couple of things, that gifts are given, not earned. I think that your natural gifts, what you do with your natural gifts are your presence to God. We all have natural gifts. And in our humanity, what we do with our gifts normally is we want to brag. We use gifts to brag, but God says, I want you to use spiritual gifts to build. I think the number one issue of why many people are empty is they're using gifts to brag, not spiritual gifts to build. Amen. And I really do believe this is a time in history that the church has to begin to build. Do you believe that God can do that? And so it's so important in the day that we live in where God is looking for bold builders. You know, it says in Proverbs 18, 16, that your gift will make room for you. That your gift will bring you before great men. You know, gifts are, gifts are your glory. Your glory. People say, Mark, what's glory? Glory is what you're known for. Glory is what you are famous for. And that's why in the Bible when Moses says, God, show me your glory. In Exodus chapter 33, God says, you know what I'm famous for? You know what my chief characteristic is that my strength is? You know what my number one gift is? I'm going to let it pass before you. It's called my goodness. God's glory was his goodness. It was the weight of his goodness that brought Moses to his knees. And I'm telling you today that God has gifts. Say it with me, gifts. See, I believe that we're naturally born with gifts, but spiritually we're zeros without God. Your spiritual gifts are zero without God. Because you don't own those gifts, they're on loan. And the truth is, if you're a spiritual zero, all you need is to have the number one God standing next to you. And zeros turn into dimes overnight. They they turn into tens when they align their lives with the Holy Spirit. I think it's so so important that, that many people, they don't realize that, man, what are gifts for? I believe that gifts are given by God, and according to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 6, notice what it says, even so, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification, the word edification means to build up, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. What I've noticed in Orange County is kind of like Corinth, that people love the kingdom of God, but they're not connected to the church. We want to build the kingdom, but we don't care about the church. Loving the kingdom without being committed to the church is kind of like saying, I love snowboarding, but I don't own a snowboard. I, listen, the way that you explore the mountain is through the board. The way that you enjoy the mountain is by being connected to the board. 
And I believe there's many people that are, that are drowning without purpose in the kingdom because they don't seek to excel to build the... Listen to me. As the church is built, so is the kingdom. You want to build the kingdoms? Begin to build the... I'm convinced that the local church mobilized and filled with the Spirit of God is the hope of the world. It is. And many don't agree with that. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, well, let me suggest a couple things to you. That I believe in righteous legislators. I pray for godly politicians. I'm praying for more producers and directors in Hollywood to make content that would tell stories that would that would preach God's light. I'm believing for music that would touch the heart of God. Are you hearing me today? I'm believing, man, for a military that would honor the, the purpose and the values of God. But make no mistake about it. There is only one institution on the earth that sole purpose is to populate eternity. Listen to me, you can't, you can't change a legislation of the human heart. Only God can. Last time I checked, no human can change their heart. But you can change your mind, and as you change your mind about God, God can change your heart. That's what repent means. It's metanoia. Meta means change. Noia means mind. And so repentance means to change your mind. And guess what? If you'll change your mind, God will change your Many frustrated Christians go, I, I want to change my heart. It's deceptive. It's wicked. There's evil in it. I can't change it. Yes, you can't change your heart, but you can change your mind about the God that can. Come on, that's good preaching. Say amen. So there's gifts. There's gifts. There's gifts. There's gifts. God gives gifts. And our job in life is to receive the gifts, receive the gifts that God gave us. And so today, I want to, I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, many people are scared. I'm like, if you get weirded out today, I just want to inform you that you are a weird person. Because I'm not a weird preacher. And if you're bored right now, you're boring, not me. You guys ready to go? Come on, say amen. So here's what we go. I want to write these down. A C- couple notes today. Good, good news is, is that all the gifts of the Spirit, there's nine, they break down into three categories of gifts. Three categories, which is great, because every great message has three points. You ready? Three categories of gifts. The first gift is... Uh, is, is the first set of gifts is the perceiving gifts. Scholars call them the discerning gifts. First thing I want to tell you about the gifts of the Spirit of God is, again, He owns them, not us. He distributes them to us as He wills. And I believe that many Christians aren't walking in victory. They're not living with purpose. They're getting their butts kicked by darkness in, 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 in a spiritual realm that they disregard or they blatantly ignore. I want you to know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places. Why do you feel dark sometimes when that music comes on? Because there's a spirit on it. Why do you feel dark sometimes when you walk into that club? There is a spirit in there. Why do you go to someone's house and you feel heavy? Why is it some homes have life and some atmospheres have darkness? It is because we don't live just by what we see. Am I too fired up today? I'm sorry. Calm down. Second service. It's 112 degrees. Settle down. You're going to pass out. Very important that we got we to honor the gifts of the Holy Spirit. First gift and the discerning gifts, the perceiving gifts, is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge, simply put, is actually the ability, the ability to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. The cool thing about the gifts of the Spirit, I dare you to do this this week. As you write these down, next time you read the New Testament, look for all these gifts at work in the early church. Mark, 
be honest with me right now. Okay, well, which question? This is your question. What type of church would you want oceans to be? Here would be my, my thesis today. I believe that Orange County deserves a church like the one in the first century in Jerusalem. So what we see in the book of Acts is what we're going for in Orange County. If you want to go to a church that's close to your house, great. I want to go to a church that's close to the Bible. Amen to that. So the first thing we know about the early church is they operated with the gift of the word of knowledge. This is when you know something specific without having learned it by natural means. That's like John chapter 4, the woman at the well. Remember the story? She's talking to Jesus. Jesus is like, oh, good news. Oh, that's cool. Hey, go get your husband. She's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, good answer. You've had five. You're with number six. She's like, I perceive that you're a prophet. Wow, way, way to put two and two together. He knew something that he should not know. That's the word of knowledge. I've had moments in my life that the Spirit of God gave me clarity. I've had many times that I, I'll go to certain atmospheres, and it's interesting to me, I believe this, this is uh, worth mentioning, that the way you honor someone will actually pull the gifts out of them. Sometimes you don't get the gift on someone's life because you dishonor that person. You want to honor someone that's prophetic? Receive them as a prophetic voice. You want to receive someone for advice or exhortation or teaching? Lean on them for advice. I hang out with my friend Brad. I'm asking financial questions because he's a financial genius. I talk to my friend uh, that's a great uh, seminary professor, and he gives me great. When I lean and I honor someone's gift, the flow of the gift comes into my life. And that's why some of you don't receive on Sundays because you don't honor the gift. You sit there with your arms crossed, looking like the cover girl for Lamentations. You won't receive much from God. But when you open up your heart and say, God, you can use a young preacher. You can use a young church to bless my life. I'm open. The gift begins to flow. gift begins to flow. I was with one guy who really was just a sweet guy, honoring God. He was original. He was the original eight, uh, one of the original eight that was a part of our move of God, the revival that hit Boise State when Rashawn and I were there. There was eight students that started with us at Boise State. It would grow. We'd do these compel events. We had as many as 2,000 students that would show up. We had 18,000 students get saved in a nine-year window in Boise. People say, Mark, are you, are you surprised by what's happening at Ocean's Church? My response is, I'm grateful, but I'm not surprised. I moved down here to see God do here what we did there. And listen, we started with eight there, and guess what? We started with eight down here. David was a part of the original eight. He was a CPA. He got his degree. He started working for a, a, a firm, and he just could not stay. It was the worst environment ever, he said. People were mean, harsh, not helpful, didn't like him. And I remember one day I had this amazing time with Jesus, worshiping him, spent time in the Word. It's amazing. If you spend an hour reading your Bible out loud, and 30 minutes just worshiping Jesus, the type of clarity you live with. You ever done an hour of cardio, and you're like, I could just eat anything right now. It's kind of like when you spend that time with Jesus, you go, man, I feel like God is so close. So I had a time like that, we're eating at the Dirty Bird, Red Robin, bottomless fries, come on. And David's telling me, he goes, Mark, I can't stand my job, it's so tough, da 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 and I felt the Spirit of God, I'm trying to say the word of knowledge, knowing something you could not know by natural means. I was at the table, and I felt, I, I had like this, almost like an open vision. 
And I said, David, the Lord is showing me that you're going to get a job. Literally that week, I found out that bodybuilding.com's headquarters was in Boise, Idaho. And the Lord said, David, you're going to get a job at bodybuilding.com. They're going to hire you as a CPA. You're going to promote very quickly. You're going to become the CFO or the president of finance of bodybuilding.com. And when you do, you're going to do such a good job at an early age that you're going to become sought after by other Fortune 500 companies. And you're going to become one of the most profound, godly CFOs of our generation. He started to cry at this red robin. His wife cut hair, my wife's hair. And that day he came home from our meeting. And he said, Ashley, I got to tell you some good news. She said, I got to tell you some good news. He goes, all right, you go first. She said, well, I was cutting a lady's hair today, and I was telling her how you hated your job. And she said that her husband's company is hiring CPAs. Guess where it was at? I perceive that you're a prophet. Bodybuilding.com. Guess who got hired that week? David. Guess who got promoted over eight years to the CFO and president of finance? David. Guess who got sought after by a company in San Diego to be a CFO? David. Mark, is that you? That is the spirit of God. I don't turn that on or off. I just position my antennas. And that's the word of knowledge. Isn't Christianity fun when you hear your father's voice? But here's the problem. We have charlatans in the church that say you can't hear God's voice. You can't be led by God's spirit. And guess what? They're building churches that don't look anything like Acts. And they make you scared of things that Jesus died to give you. The word of knowledge is a gift that belongs to the spirit of God that's available to anybody that will call on his. Come on, if you're going to clap for God, give him a hand clap today. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is, is, is a divine answer or a solution for a particular event. John 9, 29, there's a blind man that got healed. He's not this intellectual. He's not some academic type. He's a very simple man. And he's interrogated by the smartest people of his day. And, they, and he has a word of wisdom that says, look, I don't know if Jesus is perfect or not, if he's God or not. This is what I do know. Is that if he wasn't from God, he could not be doing what he's doing. And he stumped him. Stephen had wisdom that stumped the crowd. Paul had wisdom that stumped the crowd. I believe that God will give wisdom. And by the way, this is not for just pastors. Well, you're a pastor, Mark. You should have the word of knowledge. You're a pastor. You should have the word of wisdom. What would the business world look like if men and women opened up their Bibles, lifted their hands, and said, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom from heaven. Show me when to sell, when to go, when to give. Are you hearing me today? This is a gift for God's children. It's the word of wisdom. It's a divine answer or solution for a particular event. Many times, if you'll open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, he'll flow out of you. How many people have been walking with God long enough to share something with somebody that you're like, that was not from me? You ever surprised yourself? I'm like, every Sunday. <laughs> that was good, Holy Spirit. I was the first one to hear this message. The Spirit loves people so much that if you just open up yourself to him and let him love people through you, wisdom will flow. Are you hearing me today? You know who the wisest people in the world should be? People that have a direct phone line to God. Why would you think that people that don't know God would have more wisdom than you have? The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the... Where does wisdom start? With God. 
So why would you think the best educators in the world aren't godly? We got to redeem our universities. We got to redeem our education systems. I believe that the wealth of the righteous, that the wisdom of the righteous, come on, are for those that honor God. Holy Spirit, give us the word of wisdom. Give us the discerning. Number three is spirits. It's going to get quiet in here for a second. I don't like talking about spiritual warfare, preacher. I don't think we should be obsessed with it, but I do believe that we should not be ignorant of it. And there's many of our kids and many of our marriages that are in bondage because we disregard the spiritual realm. Why would you do that? There's discerning of spirits. What is this? This is when we become aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. Like, uh, it kind of reminds me of Paul in Acts 16. He's in Philippi. There's a little demon-possessed fortune teller girl. And it says that she made her masters much money by her fortune telling, but her power was demonic. Paul got so sick and tired of this girl saying stuff. Listen, she was saying the truth. She said, these guys are servants of the Most High God. But guess what? Paul did, want, did not want his ministry to be validated by hell. He wanted his ministry to be validated by heaven. So he took authority over the spirit. And he said, come out in Jesus' name. And the spirit left. We don't attack people, but we don't tolerate evil spirits. Are you, are you with me today? And this is the problem with the American church at times, is we don't talk about the darkness because we don't want to offend the people. Look, I'm going after the spirit. I love the person, but you better believe I ain't playing games with that spirit. That lying spirit, that perverted spirit, that spirit of death, suicide, addiction. We ain't playing with you. Get your hands off of God's kids. We're aggressive with the spirit, but we love the person. And the world has believed the lie that you can't do both. You can. When your kids are in darkness, you pray violently that literally God would loose them from the darkness. But you love them excessively when they're in it. It's getting quiet in here today. So what we do is we're going to be a church that honors not only the, 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 the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. It is the spirit that gives us the discerning of spirits. And then there's the declarative. These are proclaiming gifts. Proclaiming gifts. This would be prophecy. This would be tongues. This would be interpretation of tongues. Now, before you get scared, just go ahead and buckle up. Are you ready? First thing I would tell you today is we're never going to be, listen to me very clear, we will never be scared of anything that Jesus, Paul, Peter, Silas, Barnabas, the list goes on. If they weren't scared of it, we're not going to be scared of it. And I would rather disagree with a professor with no biblical fruit than to disagree with the forefathers and mothers of our faith. Very clear there. Proclaiming gifts. Notice what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 14, 39. Brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy. Desire what? earnestly to what he's like you should have an appetite to hear god's voice no you shouldn't preach that's dangerous god doesn't want you hearing his voice what kind of sick parents like i love you but i don't want to talk to you you think you're better than god you think that you like talking to your kids but god doesn't like talking to his how offensive lord forgive the church for thinking that you're some mute god that doesn't delight in talking to his children. If you know that God loves you today enough to talk to you, give him a hand clap. I feel something in these tents breaking off this county. 
that religious spirit, that foul spirit that says you can't know God deeply, you can't hear him intimately, you can't have your life ordered by him. There is a God in heaven that radically loves his children, laid down his life so you can know his voice. No, Mark, it's just about salvation. It's just about water baptism. None of that weird Holy Spirit stuff. Problem is, when you buy into this camp, you actually live this life without, without one-third of what Jesus died to give us. I can show you from the Old Testament to the New Testament that there is three different baptisms. You know what three baptisms are? The baptism into the body of Christ. It's found in 1 Corinthians. You can look it up for yourself later. This is when we actually, uh, this is actually when we, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The moment you believe in Jesus, yes, the Holy Spirit moves inside of you. But mo Him moving on you is different than Him moving in you. Baptism of the body of Christ, that's when I believe. There's water baptism, which by the way is all, all, all through the Synoptic Gospels in the book of John, Synoptic gospel just means similar stories. And then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is three distinct baptisms in Scripture. Well, I don't believe that, preacher. That's the New Testament. That's the book of Acts only. Well, first of all, we're not going to cut and paste the Bible. But if you want to go tick for tat, let's go, let's go to the Old Testament. Because pretty much everything in the New Testament is in the Old Testament. And I can show you in the New Testament, first of all, that there's baptism in the body of Christ believing salvation, baptism of water, water baptism, and baptism of the Holy Spirit. I could show you. I could show you in Luke 29. It talks about believing, discipling, baptizing, and, and the Holy Spirit. It talks about in uh, Acts 2, when Peter is preaching, he talks about, verse 37, believe, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. I can walk you through. We go Acts 8. We go Acts 10, Cornelius. Acts 19. What have you believed? Have you received the Holy Spirit yet? No, we just heard John's baptism. A baptism of belief and water baptism. Throughout the New Testament, say with me, baptism of the body, water, and the Holy Spirit. That's the New Testament. Well, let's go Old Testament then. Genesis 12. God told Abraham, come out. Salvation. Come out. You're going to come out. It's going to be salvation. You're going to have a Passover. It's blood of the Lamb, Moses. It's going to pass over the people. Genesis 15, there's water baptism. This is when he cuts the animal in half. Abraham makes a covenant with God, and literally, when he cuts the animal, he walks through it. It's symbolic of the Red Sea. A Red Sea in the Old Testament was a type of water baptism. And then you have Genesis 17, that God changes the name of Abraham. His name was Abram. Sarai, and guess what God does? You know what H is? The only letter that wasn't in his name before the name change was H. And the letter H in the Hebrew language is the letter that we get Ruach from. It's the same word we get spirit from. Abraham experienced the salvation, he experienced the water baptism of covenant, and he experienced ah, the breath, the breath. Abraham. God changed his name to fill him with the spirit. And he didn't want his marriage to be unequally yoked. So he said, yeah, Sarai, she's going to get a, change, a name change too. We're going to change her name from Sarai to Sarah. Sarah. She's going to get the breath of the Spirit as well. Well, that's Abraham. Well, let's go to the tabernacle of Moses, Jethro. You ready? How about this? When they walked into the tabernacle of Moses, 
guess what they did? They sacrificed blood on the altar. Salvation. Blood of the lamb. Salvation. Blood of the lamb. Then they walked past that to the, to the, to the laver. And guess what's at the laver? Water. And they washed in the water. And guess what they did before they went into the Holy of Holies? They got anointed. I, I don't know why we missed this today in the church. We need all three baptisms. If you're going to clap, give God a worthy clap today. We're not scared of anything that Jesus is not scared of. Can I get a good amen in Orange County? Well, I don't fully understand it. Well, that's all right. Your eight-pound brain's not going to figure God out. Just because you don't understand it yet does not mean that, you're, that he's wrong. It just means that you don't understand it yet. So here's what we know, and I'm, I'm almost finished. You still with me today? Is that we have the declarative gifts, which is prophecy. Prophecy is a message of encouragement from God through a person. Very simple, not spooky. It's not Stephen King. Listen, it's a message of encouragement from God through a person. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy is speaking edu uh, uh, it's edification, exhortation, and comfort. I want to just remind the prophetic people of Orange County that the gift of prophecy is not prophecy if it's correcting, it's if it's building. We got too many Old Testament prophets running around the streets trying to call out people's sins. That is an old covenant. There is a better covenant. And the gift of prophecy in the New Testament world is a, is a, is a gift that builds the church. If your prophetic gift is not building people up and building the church up, you are operating under the wrong guise. The Spirit of God builds the church. Let me ask you something. Do the people you pray for love the church more or less after you pray for them? Do the words that you share instill more love for Jesus and more love for his bride? Or does it leave them uh, jaded? Does it leave them cynical? Does it leave them critical? We have too many prophets in Orange County that have bad fruit. And true prophets build, edify, exhort. So they do. Sorry, I'm fired up today. So, so many times we miss out on this. But there's the gift of prophecy. The Spirit also gives, this is the, this is the second proclamation gift. It's the gift of tongues. What is tongues? Well, simply put, it's a message of encouragement. I'm sorry. It's a message from God in a language unknown to the person. It's when God's speaking to us and through us. It's a message from God, from God, in a language unknown to the person. When we have the, the tongues in a public setting, someone shares a tongue. I've been in prayer meetings. That's where it's usually appropriate when someone has a tongue and they share it and someone needs to interpret it. People always quote that verse, well, prophecy is better than tongues. And if you read it, go on, it says, unless the tongue is interpreted. Why don't we speak in tongues on Sundays in this setting all the time? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, you can read it for yourself, that if there's unbelievers that walk in that do not know what tongues are, it says they think that we're out of our minds. So he said, for the sake of new people, don't do it in a setting like this. Unless you're with believers and everyone believes and knows, then go after it, unless you're educating them. I want you to know that I, I pray in the Spirit. Tongues is a gift, not a, not a curse. And I'm telling you right now, there's many people that have so much taboo about the Holy Spirit. 
our leadership team, our elders, our local overseers. We are a spirit-filled church. Amen. Tongues are a gift from God. And I'm telling you, many people say, well, don't they need to be interpreted? Yes, sometimes they do, if it's a public setting. But Jude says you pray in the Spirit to build your faith. Romans 8 says when you don't know what to pray, God does. Pray in the Spirit. It says that there are times that we speak in language that we don't study. I shared the story about five weeks ago that a kid had a, had a word in his head that he, that he saw it spelled and he spoke it out. And he said, I never really understood tongues. It always kind of went over my head. And he had a word and it had two dots over it. It was a Danish word. And it literally meant to have water come up to your neck but not go over your head. I can tell you so many stories of people. One time I was praying in the Spirit to build my faith up. Had the microphone down here. And a girl heard me saying it, and I kept saying the same thing. And she's like, what's he doing? She was new to church. The girl in our youth group said, she's, he's praying in the spirit, a heavenly language. She goes, no, he's not. He keeps on saying, let us love one another. In Spanish, let us love one another. Let us love one another. There's a gift you didn't study for, and there are times it needs to be interpreted. Which leads us to the, to the sixth gift of the spirit, interpretation of tongues. This is when you have understanding in expressing the thought or the intent of the tongue. I get this. This isn't normal. You don't normally like in the 21st century go like, hey, let's go to someone's house and let's just have tongues and interpret them. It's a little outside our wheelhouse. I get it. But just because we don't do it all the time doesn't mean that it's not real. So what are you saying? Paul said this way. For some of you that are like, I don't like, the, I don't like that stuff. Paul said, do not forbid speaking in tongues. Paul said, I wish all of you spoke in tongues. I wish all of you would prophesy. Could he know something about Corinth, a wealthy city in sexual bondage, that you need the gift of prophecy and you need the power of God's spirit praying through you? Tongues, interpretation of tongues. Still with me today. People sometimes argue and say, well, it's not an accurate tongue if someone shares a, a tongue for 30 seconds and then someone gives the interpretation that's a minute long. It must not be accurate. Well, I would remind you it's an interpretation of tongues, not the translation of tongues. They are different. An interpretation is when you take the thought and the intent of an idea and you interpret it. A translation is when you go word for word. The UN does not have interpreters. The UN has translators. Because when a nation says, yeah, we're going to bomb somebody, you're like, uh, let's go word for word. I don't want to know the general idea or the intent. I want to know word for word. What did he say? When we interpret God's word, we interpret it, not translate it. Can I give you the last three today? We'll finish up. The last three gifts are the dynamic, the power gifts. The power of the Spirit, it's, it's the Greek word dynamo. It's where we get dynamite from. It literally means, it, with faith, the gift of faith. This is the gift that the Holy Spirit gives us, that gives us supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. You take a picture of that if you want. It's a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. You ever had to get the faith before? I remember having it really strong in 2018 when I packed up my little girls, when I loaded up a U-Haul trailer with eight people from Idaho, 
with no contacts, no, contextion, no connections, and really no money. And we stepped out in faith to move to Orange County. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't even know why. But I knew that God gave us a word and that he's faithful to perform it. It was a gift. It was a gift of faith. Some of you that you have a gift of faith. There's been moments that God's like, I want you to give everything in your savings account. You're like, that does not make sense. But God was so clear, and he gave me the faith to step out and obey. The Holy Spirit is honored when we step out when he gives us that faith gift. Last two, are you still with me today? Is there's the power gift of healings. Notice it says gifts, plural, of healings, plural. What is that, Mark? That's the supernatural endowment of divine health. And I would add, this is not for some people. Yes, I know there's people, Catherine Coleman's, the Benny Hinn's, some of these people that operated in ministry that had those miracle gifts happen often, healing gifts. I believe that some people have them in their meetings, but I also believe that we have access to the same Holy Spirit that they do. And if you're terminally ill today, I would love to pray for you, but I got good news. Anyone that's full of God's spirit has the same phone number that I have. Are you hearing me today? Is there anybody full of the spirit today? Would you raise your hand? Any of those hands can pray for you and call the same person that I call. So we're going to be a church that honors the gifts of healings. Healings are for our physical bodies. And the last gift is the working of miracles. Miracles are for situations. That's when you run out of money and God keeps providing. That's when you run out of peace, but God keeps leading you and guiding you. It's when you come to the end of yourself, but God makes a way. It's when you butt up against the Red Sea. It's like, well, what are we going to do now, Moses? And it opens up. That's, that's the working of miracles. And I want you to know, friends, that God has not changed. He is immutable. That means that he does not change. He doesn't do miracles for a season and then stop. God was a miracle worker. God is a miracle worker. And he will continue to do miracles. If you believe it, give him a hand clap for it. What is this? It's divine intervention. It's divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Two questions for you today. Who has ever been healed by the power of God, whether in a church or in a small group, when someone prayed for you? If you have physically, mentally been healed, like, like you've verified it with like, the, the symptoms are gone, the tumor's gone, the cancer's gone, the disease is gone. I'm, I've been healed by God. Raise your hand, gift of healings. Listen, just keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. I want every atheist, I want every skeptic. I'm not, listen, I'm serious. Like verified, like it's gone. It was there and it's gone. There is either a lot of people that I bribed today. There's a lot of liars in these tents. Or logically, could it be that God does honor those that honor him? Lastly, who has experienced a miracle? Something happened that should not have happened. I heard scientists arguing about like, it's impossible that Jonah could live in the belly of a well for that long. The, the stomach acids would have deteriorated his bones and his, and his heart. They, they literally wrote an article on why the miracle of the well could not happen. That it's impossible. And I'm like, I agree with you. 
I'm not arguing that it's impossible for a man to be swallowed by a fish. I would never argue that, well, it shouldn't happen. No, it shouldn't. But miracles, they actually overwhelm divine, natural circumstances. Rochelle's grandpa in the faith, when he was, before he gave his life to Jesus, he was, it's like this in 1930s, he's in this car, he's going like 80 miles an hour, and he said that his car hit a patch of ice, it lost control. He said he remembers spinning end over end over end, everything went slow motion. Everything went slow motion. He said he knew he was gonna die. And he said as the car went out of control and as it began to spin, he cried out to Jesus, this is like the 1940s, 1930s. He cries out to Jesus. He's probably 19 years old. And in this spin, he said it went from yelling out to God, everything slow motion, to in a moment, his car was on the road, driving like nothing happened. It, this, that, the, I'm telling you, his name's Dick Iverson. He's one of the leaders of the Latter-day Movement. He was, he was mentored by T.L. Osborne. It was mentored by Smith Wigglesworth. The miracles that flow through our church have been generational miracles. And this guy, his life was spared by a divine intervention that transcended natural circumstances. Miracles aren't saying, well, I can't explain the science. I'm saying that there is something greater than science. And by the way, I don't believe that to be a Christian means to amputate your brain. I don't think that science is at odds with Jesus. I think if you took this cell phone and you could explain how it works, if you could take it apart and you could put it back together again and tell me what everything does, that doesn't disprove the creator of it. It just validates the beauty of his design. That's what science does. Y'all with me still? Working of miracles. Yeah. I got more. I have so many notes today. I better stop. I believe that spirit filled people they are dynamic teachers they're creative worshipers they build deep community they're effective with their evangelization of the world they're joyful in service and guess what those churches that they do they renew hearts they transform minds of believers and seekers alike they'll strengthen families they'll transform communities and guess what i believe the local church mobilized will be the hope of the world. Amen. You can stand to your feet with me today. Would you ask a question very honestly today? All over these tents, you're watching online, let's ask it together. Say, Holy Spirit, come on, let's honor Him today. So Holy Spirit, by the way, I ask you to hang out in your seats. Unless you have to catch an airplane or something, just hang out. I'll get you out of here in like five or six minutes. Say it one more time. Say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? through this message. Close your eyes. Put his hand on something. I feel like there's three things I gotta do right now, real quick. Number one, you feel like in some way you were taught wrong or you've never learned about the Spirit of God and you would just say, I wanna apologize for not acknowledging or misunderstanding the Holy Spirit and His gifts. If you're here today, say, Lord, I realize that maybe I was taught wrong or I was not taught at all and today, I don't wanna dishonor anything that you died to give me. If that's you, you say, Mark, I think I was taught wrong or I was never taught this. I don't want to be ignorant any longer. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Would you pop your hand up? I know I'm in Orange County right now. Just pop your hand up real high. I'd say about 40%, 30% of the room. That's so awesome. If your hands are up, put both hands towards heaven. 
put both hands up. And I want the whole church to pray with you. We're going to honor him right now. We're going to invite him all the way in. Say this all over oceans, online. Just say it like this. Say, Holy Spirit, I ask you today to forgive me if I've grieved you, if I've dishonored you, if I've slandered you. I ask you to forgive me. I changed my mind. And now I ask you to change my heart. Would you fill me with all that you are? Would you guide me? Would you heal me? Would you empower me? And from this day forward, would you lead my life in Jesus' name? Just say one last thing. I want all that you have in Jesus' name. got to honor that prayer. I believe some of you this week will get filled with the Spirit, the evidence of praying in a prayer language. People say, Mark, I didn't receive the prayer language the week you did, five weeks ago. I would say, keep contending. If you had cancer and someone prayed for you and you didn't get healed the first week, you wouldn't throw in the towel and go, well, I guess God doesn't want to heal me. If it was me, if it was my family, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to keep praying until I get healed. And if I didn't receive the Holy Spirit, didn't receive a prayer language yet, I don't give up. I just keep, I just keep carrying. The last words of Jesus were not in Matthew 28. They were in Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1 that says, go and wait. Go and tarry. Go and intercede. Go pray until the Spirit breaks out. And I think the reason why we don't have a lot of Spirit-filled Christians is we don't have a lot of people that know how to tarry. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go into God. The second thing we do today is you say, Mark, I would love it if the Holy Spirit would empower me and entrust His gifts to me. I want to be full of the fruit of the Spirit like, like last week. And now I want to live my life full of the gifts of the Spirit. How many of you would be cool if God would give you information that you didn't study? How many of you would be cool if God gave you faith for something? That He healed someone through you? Gave you a word of knowledge? Listen, He wants He wants to build His church through you. Ready? Why do we want spiritual gifts? To build, build the church. So all over the room today, you say, Mark, I want to invite the Holy Spirit. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, working of miracles, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, uh, gifts of healings. I want God to be able to use me. Hands up all over. I'm not going to belabor this. I'm not scared of anything that Jesus wasn't scared of. You really believe the gifts are for today? Absolutely. I've never seen a victorious church without them. Hands up all over today. The only voice you believe is your own. So say it like this. Say, Holy Spirit, I honor you. I honor your fruit. And I honor your gifts. So today, would you fill me? I pursue love. And I earnestly desire your spiritual gifts. Especially that I would prophesy. Fill me. Lead me. Educate me, guide me in all your gifts. In Jesus' name. You receive that, say amen. Can we do two, two quick things? Now here's the cool thing. I love show and tell in school. I wasn't just a teller, I was a shower. If you're here today and you say, Mark, I need a miracle in my body. I need a word of encouragement. I'm in a tough place right now. I'm in a storm. I need a physical healing, a mental healing, or I need a touch from God. I want you to know you're in, a, you're in a safe place. If that's you, everyone's going to close their eyes. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hands. I need a physical healing. I need a touch from God. I need a word from God. I want you to raise your hands. Just raise your hands. Hands come all over. It doesn't make you weird. It makes you honest. We all need it sometimes. If your hand's up, keep your eyes closed. Keep, keep your hand up. 
If your hand isn't up, I want you to open your eyes and someone next to you has their hand up. Just put your hand on their shoulder. One or two people, put your hand on their shoulder. Put their hand on their shoulder. Everyone's going to get someone to pray for them. This is what Christians do. They lay hands on those that need God and God works through them. So with your hands on them, come on, pray this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to heal, to fill them, to redeem them. I take authority in Jesus Christ's name over any spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. Would you evict darkness? Would you invade them with your peace, your hope, and your love? We speak to him now by the breath of the Spirit in Jesus Christ's name. Move, say heal, restore. Jesus' name. Receive the Holy Spirit. You receive that, say amen. And it was cool. I want you to be wise, but stay with me. I want you to be wise, but some of you, as you prayed for them, you felt like God gave you an encouraging thought or a word, an impression. After service is over in about six minutes, five minutes, I want you afterwards just being go up and say, hey, I felt like God wanted me to tell you this encouraging thing. It's okay to give people a word of encouragement. We don't prophesy who they're going to marry. We don't prophesy doom and gloom and, and correction. But if your word will build them up or encourage them, share it. But notice this, I want to encourage you, if it's the opposite gender, always bring someone with you. It gets weird when people are like, I have a word for the pretty girl in the back, or the good looking guy that's single. I want you to bring someone with you that's a word like that. Does that make sense? Just pastoring the moment here. Last thing we do is if you're here today, I promise you're out we're done with this. If you're here today, and uh, that's the largest bug, devil, get out of here. Jesus' name. Last thing we do, all over the tents, if you say, Mark, I want to give my whole heart to God. I've lived for me, and now I want to live for Him. Maybe you're halfway in, one foot in, one foot out. Today's the day to put all the chips in the middle of the table. I want to give God all of my heart. I want to give my addictions. I want to give my brokenness, my doubts. I want to give Him everything. Today, if you want to rededicate your life, or for the first time, put your faith in Jesus, Eyes closed, last thing I do, I'll, I'll hand the mic off. If you're here today, there was 10 people in first service, 11 people. If you're here today, online, you're gonna write heart, H-E-A-R-T. Do you know that every week we have three to 15 people a week that give their lives to Jesus on our online service? So watch this, online and in the tents, raise your hand and write heart right now. On the count of three, eyes closed, I'll give you three seconds to raise your hand. If God's knocking at your heart, Let's open up and let them all the way in. Start raising your hands right now. I'll give you three seconds. One, there's hands going up. Two, Holy Spirit, everyone that needs to give you their heart today, let them move now in Jesus' name. Three, real high, real high. Keep it up, keep it up, keep it up, get up. I see three, four, real high. Four hands, four hands, five hands. Anybody else real high? Six hands. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? I see six hands, awesome, so good. Put your hands down. Oceans, let's pray those six people. Say, Lord, I believe that you are God. So Jesus, I invite you to forgive me, to heal me. I'm baptized into Jesus. I will be baptized in water. And Lord, please baptize me in your beautiful, precious Holy Spirit. In your name I pray. God's people said.
Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.